Hello, and welcome to episode 17 of the Venture Games Podcast. I'm Chris Quadu, and today I'm excited to be joined by Ian Prue, CEO of 1047 Games, the game developer behind Splitgate, one of the hottest games out today. What's going on, Ian? Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. Sure. Thanks for joining me. Of course. So to kick things off here, you know, I would love to just dive into your professional background. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't have much of a professional <laughs> background, right? So I actually started this out of college. I guess my my professional background is uh, I had interned at, at Apple on their games technologies team for a couple summers, which was a great experience. So I had a little bit of exposure and, and actually a lot of the people on my team had come from the games industry, mm-hmm. but we weren't actually working on games. We were working on you know, games, technologies, and so a lot of the stuff that you can use to build games. But really all, you know, my background is basically just a computer science student with a, you know, undergrad, bachelor's and master's degree from Stanford and a hardcore gamer. So that is my qualification. (laughs) Awesome. So let's actually dive into that. You know, how did you become a gamer? I know we've talked about this a lot. You know, would it be great if you could share that story here? I guess the first system I ever had was a Nintendo 64. But I would say gaming was definitely a hobby and not a passion at that time. You know, I played Super Smash Brothers and Zelda and GoldenEye, and I, I loved all those games. But when it really became a passion was with Halo 2. Mm-hmm. And specifically, you know, I think it was Xbox Live that really took things to the next level. And just, you know, I've always been a competitive person. I grew up playing sports. I actually, you know, I I was a big basketball player. Mm -hmm. But Halo 2, just with Xbox Live and the competitive ranking system and the clans, I mean, it just, the stakes were much higher. And, you know, being able to trash talk, you know, I was definitely one of those kids that was abusing Xbox Live voice chat growing up. And uh, yeah, so that's really how I got into it. And, you know, ever since then, you know, played a lot of Halo 3, you know, played the newer Halos, didn't like them quite as much. But, you know, I've been I've been a hardcore gamer. I've played pretty much everything forever. You know, Call of Duty, Battlefield, Portal, a little bit of everything. RPGs, yeah. So... You know, your uh, background getting into gaming is actually very similar to mine. You know, Halo 2 also was a game that just like changed everything for me as well. The game to me is still like one of the best, like most balanced competitive esports ever made. And, you know, I just remember so distinctly like that grind to like rank up in the ranking system. You know, I similarly was a, well, I don't know if your voice was high, but I was one of those high voice kids yeah, (laughs) saying ridiculous stuff on on the mic. And, you know, I just, I just absolutely loved that. I miss Um, that so much. Oh, me too. Me too. It's Um, too bad because it's gotten, I feel like it's gone, you know, there's a balance, right? I mean, you don't want super, super toxicity, Um, but I think we've gone too far in in that direction. and, And as a result, you just don't get kind of the friendly banter that you used yeah. to get. Yeah, no, but, I, I, I completely agree. Okay, so what games are you playing today? Honestly, not much. I'm trying to play Splitgate, and I barely have time for that. I mean, the last three months have just been ridiculous. So yeah. I, I don't think I've played anything besides Splitgate in the last three months. I mean, I actually don't think I have. I'm trying to think, but... <laughs> I've barely played any Splitgate. I have had zero time. Yeah. So over the years, this is somewhat unique in that you were actually like one of the best Splitgate players in the world. Was that somewhat? So that's somewhat uncommon. Like you don't always see, you know, developers actually competing in their games and becoming the best in their own games, which to some people might be a surprise. So why do you actually like compete in Splitgate and take the game itself so seriously from a competitive standpoint? 
And honestly, I, I think part of it is that I do want to learn and I want to mm -hmm. just, you know, if I throw myself into the competitive side, like it just kind of forces me to look at the game from that point of view, but I'd be lying if I said anything other than I just really enjoy playing. And then I, you know, I just love playing it. I mean, like that's been the worst part of the last few months, despite being super exciting and everything is like, I just haven't had time to play. Yeah. And I really am a split gate addict and mm -hmm. I love it. And I want to play more of it. And days go by where I'm like, man, I just, I just want to play like for two hours, you know, or yeah. an hour. As a like pure gamer, like you don't have that carelessness where you can just play a video game all day and like yeah. probably waste a lot of your time but like you now you actually care because yeah. you're an adult with responsibilities of course mm -hmm. okay so you know obviously like this has been all over the news right but splitgate is quote unquote halo meets portal you know it's like the simplest way to describe it to people so why did you actually use this as like the inspiration for the game and why did you think this would be appealing to people yeah, well, so it, it wasn't always Halo meets Portal. Like originally it was just FPS with portals mm -hmm. and it kind of morphed into that. It was actually really early on, we had a conversation, you know, we would play test all the time and it was like maybe three or four months into development. We had done a few play tests with a bunch of our friends and we would do these where we'd play for, you know, an hour or two. And then we'd, we had like a survey that we'd give probably like 10 people and then we'd open it up and talk afterward. Mm -hmm. And one of those early conversations was how should the gunplay feel? Like, should the game feel like a Call of Duty? Should it feel like a Halo? Should it feel like a Quake? You know, and, and we kind of went through and debated this. And ultimately, we ended up saying like, okay, let's give it a sort of old school Halo feel. Mm -hmm. Part of that was our own bias of just, that's what I grew up playing. That's right. what I love. Part of it was looking at what else is out there in the market and just saying like, okay, there's this void where you know, you've got a thousand games that feel like Call of Duty, more mm -hmm. or less, where it's aim down sights, it's a few bullets to kill, etc. You've got not a thousand, but you have more Quake-like shooters mm -hmm. where it's super, super fast, bunny hopping all over the place, <laughs> really high health pool. And then you kind of have that sweet spot where it's like, you know, to me, it's the best of both worlds, where it's not quite as hardcore as Quake, but there's it's a little more nuanced than just like, cod two bullets you're dead yeah and i think the time to kill i mean we're not quite as you know our time to kill is faster than halo mm -hmm. but i think what worked well for us was we wanted it to be in terms of time to kill we wanted it to be you have enough health where you have time to to do cool things with mm -hmm. portals because if it's just one shot one kill why would i portal i right. should just shoot you as soon as i see you but also we didn't want it to be like quake where you know this i'm about to die and i've got all the time in the world to just portal escape yeah we have that fine balance where it's like i can use it effectively i can use it to escape so i've got some time but not so much time that it's just frustrating and then you know there's other things that have gone into it but i think a lot of it is my own bias just <laughs> shining through yeah no i, I mean I'm, I'm glad you made the decision because as a halo player you know it definitely feels natural to me i uh, just curious though like if you were making this game today do you think you would have gone in a different direction as far as the gunplay, right? Because the, the landscape of shooters has just changed so much. You know, Call of Duty is like, you know, probably even way more dominant than it was back when you started making your game. And do you think just like surveying people and all those other things, you would have gotten a different result today? I mean, do you, do you think I would have gone in a different direction and made it more of a COD style shooter? Or? Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, I think the other thing about this gunplay is... 
I mean, this is one thing we hear all the time from mm -hmm. everybody is like, oh, Splitgate has just fantastic gunplay, right? Like, yeah. yes, it's it's a little different if you're a 12 year old, if you're coming from <laughs> Fortnite yeah. and you've never heard of Halo and you're you know you're some 12 year old kid, like, yeah, it's new, but it's still, it just feels really good. It's mm -hmm. very simple. Uh, I mean, that was another reason we went with this style as opposed to Quake because we wanted something that was accessible to the masses. And I mean, our game is, it's got a, a very high skill ceiling with the portals, but it's got a very, very low barrier to entry. You know, it's point and click. There's not a ton of recoil. It's mm -hmm. generous hitboxes. The guns make sense. You don't have to learn the mechanics of them. I mean, there's some, but you know, I think, I definitely think this was the right decision and it makes the game stand out. You know, it doesn't just feel like another, I mean, it feels unique. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so your story and the story of Splitgate in 1047 is very unique, I think, in the landscape of, of startups and in the gaming industry today. You touched on this a bit earlier, but how long have you been working on Splitgate? So I had the idea for Splitgate, so my brain has been working on it for over 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, I actually had the idea while I was in high school of, you know, I played Portal 2 and I just thought, man, this would be so cool in an FPS game. Mm -hmm. I, in 20, I guess, 15, I did my senior project. I actually did my senior project as a junior. Not, that's not a big deal. It's just, it worked for my schedule. You can technically do that. Mm -hmm. So that was in 2015. I started on it and I did this, you know, 10 week project where it was basically an FPS with portals. And then I didn't actually, I, I came back to it. I mean, at that point I, you know, was really itching to, you know, I knew I was on to something after, mm -hmm. after the senior project, but I didn't have time. I had an internship the following summer. I had a ton of classes. I didn't really have time to, to dive into it. I would work on it maybe once a month on a weekend. Mm -hmm. But then it was when I came back to get my master's degree, which was, I guess I, was, I graduated in 2017. Mm -hmm. I started on this September of 2016. So I guess five years ago. And yeah, so I've been working on it ever since. During my master's, you know, I was working on it probably 60 hours a week and spending 30 hours a week on school or 20 hours. And then, you know, as soon as I graduated, it was just hit the ground running, you know, crazy mm -hmm. <laughs> startup life. You know, at some point, obviously you started thinking about fundraising. At what point did that strategy occur to you that you should, you know, you were really onto something and maybe you should see if you can raise some yeah. funding and see how big you can make this. Yeah. I've been fundraising for a long time <laughs> now. So when we first started, it was just me and Nick. Mm -hmm. And we hired a couple contractors with internship money that we had put in. We got some angel funding in, I want to say January of 2018. Mm -hmm. So that allowed us to hire, you know, that allowed us to do more, right? You know, at that point we could hire, I don't know, 10 people or 15 people. Mm -hmm. We didn't have to keep using unreal assets. So the idea all along was we wanted to do a soft launch. And the thinking was, you know, it doesn't make sense. You think of most games, you know, it's very hit driven spend years and years developing your product. You put all your money into marketing the first few weeks and you hope it catches fire, especially, you know, especially when we got started, like that was everything, right? There was no Fortnite, there was no Apex or Warzone. Right. So that was our thought process from the get-go was we're going to put this thing out there once we have our MVP and we're going to learn a ton. And eventually when we feel like we've got the product in, in good shape, then let's go spend money on marketing and let's come to additional platforms. So we did that and we did the soft launch in May of 2019, which, I mean, we did, we did not expect the game to take off, but mm -hmm. we also, we expected it to do better. I mean, we thought we would, we thought it would be a smaller spike. Like we did, I mean, we did very little marketing. 
but we expected like, okay, you know, we're going to put it out there. It's a really fun game. You know, we're going to learn a ton. We're going to learn as we go. We'll add monetization later. We'll add progression later. Like all these different things we didn't think we needed for the MVP. In retrospect, we didn't. I mean, we're in a great position today, but we certainly expected to have done better with that initial launch as opposed to this big spike and drop. So pretty much at that point, we rallied. We did a big update in September that addressed a lot of the most glaring issues. And then right after September of 2019 is when I started going and you know trying to pursue fundraising. Mm-hmm. So I actually um, want to cut you off here, Ian, because yeah. there were sort of like two phases of your fundraise, right? And so, you know, I saw recently like Splitgate tweeted like, you know, hashtag dead game, like sort of as a joke. Yeah. And so as you know, you had the initial pretty strong launch of Splitgate. And then, you know, it was quote unquote, a dead game for a little bit. Yeah. At this point in time, what was going through your mind? So in in May of 2019, after the first launch, Mm -hmm. like we definitely, I mean, we were stressed, obviously, Mm -hmm. like we're not going to act like, I mean, like (laughs) I said, like we we expected, we didn't expect to blow up, but we we also expected to do a lot better because we did, we had a very fun game. Mm -hmm. It just was flawed and incomplete. Um, and it had a horrible onboarding. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we got pretty discouraged, but we were able to kind of rally and be like, why are people quitting, right? Instead mm-hmm. of just getting frustrated, let's ask the question, why are people quitting? And one of the first things we learned from looking at the data, I mean, this was pretty obvious, actually, was we were able to see people would get obliterated in mm-hmm. their first few games. So people would come in, they'd play their first game. We actually adopted the Halo 2 1 to 50 ranking system, mm-hmm. which I was a huge <laughs> advocate for. Yeah. But what we learned the hard way is that there is a reason that Halo and no other game on the planet uses this system mm-hmm. anymore. And that is because that system was horrible, <laughs> um, especially for new users, right? Mm-hmm. So, so players would come in. We saw statistically 59% of users would get obliterated in their <laughs> first game. And half of those users wouldn't even play a second game. Yeah. And so it didn't matter that the game was really fun if you could get a well-balanced 4v4. If, you know, half of your users are getting destroyed (laughs) and quitting, then it doesn't, you know, there's just only so much you can do. You could be the best game on the planet. And so that was the first thing we addressed in this September update is Mm -hmm. we really looked at this and we're like, okay, people are quitting because we have terrible matchmaking and terrible onboarding. So Mm -hmm. what can we do to address that? So instead of getting discouraged, well, this is a solvable problem. So in September, we did our first seasonal update. We added a really good tutorial and we added an ELO-based matchmaking system. And that helped a ton. That you know improved our retention a lot. It wasn't great, but it, it went from horrible day one retention <laughs> to you know decent day one retention. And our, and our reviews got better. I think we went from like 67% positive to maybe 75% positive. Mm-hmm. So you know, major, major improvement. And after that point is when we got actually really discouraged because it was like, okay, we made all this progress, but how are we going to get over the hump? Mm -hmm. Because where we're at right now is like, yeah, we like on the one hand, yes, retention is significantly better. I I think we increased our day one retention by like 12 points, Mm -hmm. which is a lot. Right. And our reviews were a lot better, but, but on the other hand, it was like, okay, well, we put all this effort in. We, you know, we kind of rallied behind, like, this is going to get us back and, and get us growing again. And it wasn't enough. Like, mm-hmm. it was just kind of the same thing where we just couldn't get past a very, very small player base. So at that point, we got really discouraged. And I think you might have seen the tweet we put out <laughs> where it's like our, our moms 
are the reason that we still did this. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. to that point, actually, like at any point, did it cross your mind to throw in the towel and just say, hey, we showed the market what we have and they didn't like it, you know, so maybe let's go in a different yeah, direction? Yeah, it was like shortly after that. I mean, when mm-hmm. we first launched, we were we were pretty discouraged, mm-hmm. um, but it was like, okay, well, we figured out the problem. Mm-hmm. It's a solvable problem. So we really, we kind of rallied behind like, okay, yeah, we... We didn't have a great launch, but this is a salvage, salvageable thing. Mm-hmm. But it was shortly after season one when it was like, all right, ha- what are we going to do? No one cares about the game at this point. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we made good progress, but it's not enough to grow. And it was shortly after that where we were, you know, really discouraged and we're like, oh, we should quit. Yeah. Um, and then, sorry. Yeah. But what is this process like, you know, rallying the troops, you know, telling your team like, hey, it might not look great right now but we're on to something. Let's keep going. What was that process actually like? Well, I think the, the thing that kept us believing, we knew the game was special. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I really like you just at a high level, like if you can get people through the, the onboarding, right. It's like, and get them into a game. It's like, this is unique yeah. and, and it's really special. And it's really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Like people love this game. Like there are enough people that have told us this game is their favorite game ever yeah. for us to know, like we have to be on to something. There's no way that we can abandon this, you know? And then especially when we were able to kind of like digest the data and mm-hmm. just be like, okay, like this logically makes sense why people are quitting. They're quitting because they get destroyed and then that's not fun, mm-hmm. you know? So they never get to experience the fun part if they get obliterated <laughs> in their first game. Yeah. Um, so that was at least like, you know, it, it was easy to, to digest and mm-hmm. understand. And so I think like we were able to rally the troops and be like, you know, don't worry about the fact that the numbers are going down. This is a problem that we can solve and we can solve it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Can't solve it overnight, but you know, this is something we can improve drastically. And I think that, you know, that mentality continues. So when we did in September, we got really down again. I mean, like re- that was like the low point was right after September where it was like, okay, you know, we, what are we going to do at this point? <laughs> and that's when both Nick and myself both thought about quitting. And actually, like, I mean, there was a, I vividly remember, like, <laughs> I was just really pissed off. And I'm just like, this is such a waste of my effing time. <laughs> like, you know, basically, I, I'm going to go to, I should go to business. You know, I, that was the other thing, like, I had gotten into Stanford Business School yeah. and, you know, it was just kind of like, I should just go do that. Yeah. You know? Like, um, cause I, I had applied years prior mm-hmm. and had deferred. So like I could go if I wanted to the following year. Yeah. Um, so I was just like, all right, whatever it was, you know, it was fun while it lasted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my mom like really like yelled at me, like <laughs> swore at me, yelled at me. Like this is fucking bullshit. Like, <laughs> you know, you guys are basically, you guys are a bunch of babies. Like, <laughs> you know you guys are on to something and i see you know i watch the twitch and i see the comments on twitter like people love this game like you know by the I mean, way yeah. that's really funny i thought you were gonna say the exact opposite and that your mom told you to quit and uh and go to school oh it's no. really funny she was encouraging you to yeah she was pissed off like yeah. you know like i haven't supported you for these many years yeah. you know because like we i mean yeah Anyway, but it was great. And, and, you know, we, we rallied. And again, I I think, you know, at that point, like uh, as the CEO, like you can never, 
have that attitude in mm-hmm. front of everybody else. Like you can have it in front of your mom, right, right. but you can't show that to the team because if yeah. that, that will just affect everybody. Yeah. Um, so I kind of rallied myself and, and, you know, and again, it was like, okay, well, instead of just focusing on the bad of we haven't gotten over the hump, well, it's like, okay, well, this was a major, major improvement. Mm-hmm. Like our retention is significantly better. And, you know, our reviews have gone way up. People still love the game. There's still more we can do. Like, we just got to rally behind this. And that was kind of my message to the group was like, Mm -hmm. okay, you know, this is a big, this is a win. Like, this is a big, big improvement. Like, we just got to keep at it. Like, we're not going to get there overnight. There's more to be done. But this is a huge improvement. Mm -hmm. And even though, you know, the masses, they don't see that. Right. Like, but to us, we can see like, yeah, we majorly improved this thing. And then the other thing that kind of kept us going was, it was sort of this mentality of like, okay, well, we can, we can launch on console Mm -hmm. eventually. So even if, even if no, everybody on PC forgets (laughs) about us forever, like we've still got more platforms to come to. So let's go do that. So at that point is when I started talking to investors, probably like maybe late October, mid, maybe mid October of what year of 2019. Okay. So I talked to a few investors that that were kind of like friends of friends to kind of like get their advice. Like, hey, what, what do you think we should do? And we, we heard all sorts of random advice like, oh, you know, you know, have you thought about maybe just doing a new game? You know, it's going to be really hard to fundraise on the same game. And it was like, well, no, like we, we still believe in this, you know, like we still really think this could be huge and this could lead to other games, which I... I'll tell you, like we have other game ideas mm-hmm. in the Splitgate universe that we want to pursue at some point. But back then it was like, you know, we have these other ideas, but like there's still so much left in the tank on, on Splitgate. And uh, you know. what advice do you have for founders that are going through this? Well, are you saying on like the business or on fundraising? Both, but I was more thinking about the business, right? So you yeah. have this passion project. You absolutely love it. You know, a lot of people love it, but everything looks like it's not working out. Yeah. What advice do you give that founder at this point? I mean, I think the two things I'd say is be persistent. Like, I mean, it's kind of cliche to say never give up. Right. But yeah. like, I mean, that's really the truth is like, you have to, you're not going to get it on day one. You're going to have to pivot to some degree or, I mean, we didn't, we didn't pivot. Like we stuck with the original vision, mm-hmm. but we still, there were all sorts of different decisions along the way. You know, the perfect example, the Halo 2 1 to 50 ranking system that I was so passionate about and I loved. Like, we had to pivot away from that because that was our biggest issue. It's painful, Um, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, I think the number one thing I'd say is just be persistent because Mm -hmm. it's going to take time, sometimes longer than you expect. The other thing that allowed us to rally is like, you have to ask yourself, like, why are things not going well? And if you can define that problem, then you can hopefully come up with a solution. Mm-hmm. You know, in our case, like every step of the way, the, the reason we were able to keep going for two and a half years of being a, you know, a dead game, mm-hmm. right? Where when you look at the steam charts, it's like two years of almost zero growth, <laughs> but that doesn't tell the whole story. Cause we could see for those two and a half years, retention and reviews were getting better slowly, mm-hmm. but surely. And, you know, we finally got into a state well, now I'm kind of going on a tangent. The two pieces of advice are, you know, define the problem and then go solve it instead of just kind of getting frustrated. 
you know, ask yourself, what's the problem that makes things a lot less overwhelming because then it's just kind of like, you can focus on like, okay, let's take it one day at a time. What's the next most immediate thing we need to fix. And if we can solve that, then we can focus on the next thing. And that was it for us. You know, it was two and a half years of just like (laughs) constantly, what's the next thing we need to improve? How can we improve retention? And I mean, over two and a half years, I mean, we, we have literally tripled our retention. There's still a lot more to do. I mean, I said this in another interview, I think Splitgate is 25% done. Like I really Mm -hmm. do. I think there's a ton of other features and game modes and just polish and detail and everything. So yeah. So those are my two pieces of advice. So I know we're we're skipping around a ton. It's good though. We're about to get to all the fun stuff. So why were you so confident in the console launch? You know, I remember you were saying, you know, it doesn't look good now but the console launch is going to be good. And I'm sure, you know, I don't care what you say. You did not know the console launch was going to be this good, but why were you confident it was going to be strong? Well, there were a couple of things again, like we asked ourselves, why are we not growing? Mm -hmm. Right. Despite like we're making these improvements, but like it's not ever leading to an end result Mm -hmm. of growth. And the answer to that was because we had a small player base, we couldn't really get over the hump. And what I mean by that is we had a small player base, which meant matchmaking inevitably was terrible. Yeah. And there were three big issues, right? There was, you know, you'd get these lopsided games, mm-hmm. which we've known forever. If you get a poorly balanced game where you have a noob and a pro in the same lobby, it's not fun. Yeah. That causes people to quit. High ping, right? You know, we didn't have enough players in other regions. So we basically had to put them on US servers. Mm-hmm. It's not fun to play on 150 ping. You're significantly more likely to quit. And then third problem is long queue times. It's not fun to wait a very long time to get a game. And so there were various things we did to try to address that. You know, we had a waiting area. So instead of you just staring at a loading screen while you wait, mm-hmm. you'd go into a, a map and you could just kind of be in a, in a free-for-all game and shoot stuff. Yeah. But all of those were major, major issues. And like, it didn't matter how great the game was or whatever we did. It didn't matter because the matchmaker still sucked Mm -hmm. and players are used to playing Call of Duty where they they queue, they get a perfectly balanced game every time on 50 ping or less within seconds, right? Mm -hmm. And for us, it was like, okay, you're going to wait 10 minutes and then you're going to get a lopsided lobby. (laughs) And if you're not in the US, you'll have a ton of ping. So that was kind of anecdotally what made sense to us. But we actually statistically were able to kind of prove, prove this to ourselves. And we basically looked at how, how likely is a player to quit after any of these scenarios, right? Like wh- how likely is a player to quit a given game permanently, mm-hmm. which we defined as if they quit and they don't come back for at least seven days, they've permanently quit. Mm-hmm. How likely are they to permanently quit if they get 150 plus ping, if they get a bad game mm-hmm. or if they wait a long time? And what we saw is like, If you add those three things together, our players were 44% more likely to permanently quit a given Mm -hmm. game after the combination of those things versus if you filtered all of that out, Mm -hmm. it would improve by 44%. We did the math. We looked at like, okay, day seven to day 30, what percentage of people are quitting? If we could improve that by 44%, you know, what would the end result be? And it was like, wow, if we can do this, (laughs) our day 30 retention is going to be drastically better. Not to mention we had other features and improvements coming. You know, there's also just the factor of like the number one driving long-term retention is, are you playing with friends? Mm -hmm. So all of these things had us believing like, okay, if we come to console and we have cross-play, 
we will get over the hump such that games are well balanced and queue times are reasonable. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, we will have people playing with more of their friends because we could see anecdotally people all the time would say, oh, I love the game, but all my friends are on Xbox or PlayStation or whatever. Mm -hmm. I want to play with them. So all of that together had us believing like, okay, we're at 300 concurrent players now. If we can get <laughs> to two, 2,000 concurrent was our magic number yeah. of like, if we can get to 2,000 concurrent, we think we'll grow really quickly. And day one of our beta, we got to 4,000. And we didn't do any marketing again. It was enough. We just did a little bit of PR. You know, IGN covered us, PC Gamer covered us, which got some hype. Yeah, I mean, that was it. It was just like a PR effort with a little bit of hype and, you know, two and a half years of anticipation from, you know, a very small community that led to, okay, we're at 4,000 on day one and now we're at 8,000 on day two and now mm -hmm. we're at 12,000 and the servers are toppling over which is getting everyone hyped up because it's like, oh my God, this is such a great spot to be in. Like this game is growing. And so it just all added up. Um, okay, so gonna pause here yeah. again. So you're at this point, finally starting to see the success after years of working on this and making these changes. At this point, what is going through your mind? <laughs> I don't know, just, I think, so I only, I really only was able to kind of take a step back. Like as soon as we crossed mm -hmm. the 12,000 concurrent threshold, which was like on day four, maybe mm -hmm. that was like a big moment for me. Cause it mm -hmm. was like, all right, screw all of you <laughs> world. Like all of you people who didn't believe in us, who called us dead game, <laughs> you know, whatever. This was just kind of like, a, okay, I have proven you all wrong. So that, that was pretty, pretty big. But since then, I mean, I haven't had any time to even take it in. It's just been like craziness nonstop. I celebrated once and I have not celebrated since. And even with the funding, I mean, it's like, okay, great. We've got funding. This is awesome. But it's just like, all it means is my, my inbox is <laughs> significantly more flooded all the time. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's, that's so, what was going through my mind. Is, okay. And then a little bit more. So just, you know, over the, because all this happened really in like the last, you know, couple months. Right. Yeah. And so when you go from, you know, the 4,000 to 8,000 to 12,000 to, you know, Hey, some people are starting to give me money and then, Hey, some people want to give me some more money, <laughs> you know, and then yeah. eventually, you know, you had a unicorn on your hands. What is sort of your thinking there? Like at any point, are you like, wow, this is still very surreal. You know, you're going from a, a company that was quite small a couple months ago to this, you know, billion dollar plus company today. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is surreal to think, I, I don't know. It's just weird, honestly. <laughs> like I haven't really thought about it at all. Like I, I haven't, it's just been like, okay, the expectation is now that much higher mm -hmm. and there's now this much more work to do. I haven't had time to really think about it at all, other than just business as usual. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I, I know that that it's not business as usual, but that, that's been kind of the feeling is just like, all right, cool. We've got a lot more money to work with now. I mean, I think the only thing that's really changed for me has just been my, um, just my ambitions with the game. I think, you know, we were originally going to launch July 27th, right? Mm -hmm. Two weeks after the beta. And then we had the server issues. So that changed plans. So we're like, okay, we got to get this under control. Let's launch in August. Mm -hmm. And then when we started having these conversations, that's when I kind of took a step back again. And I was like, okay, do I really want to launch this thing right now? No, I don't because I can stay in beta. And, you know, by the time I launch, 
for one, with this kind of budget, I mean, just the scope of what we can do is through the roof. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we're, we're talking about redoing every single map in the game right now, even though they already look good and they've already all been redone multiple yeah. times. It's like, okay, it still looks like, you know, kind of borderline triple A, mm -hmm. but it's not, it doesn't look like Call of Duty, yeah. right? The artists that we've been hiring over the last month, I mean, these people are, are insane. You know, they worked on Halo, they worked on Destiny. Yeah. We just have more people too. So, you know, I mean, our, our current artists are amazing, but it's a small team, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, there's only so much we can do. So we're talking about redoing every single map just to get it from, you know, double slash triple A yeah. to quadruple A. I don't know. There's just, there's a lot we want to do with the game. So that's, that's really what changed for me is just like, instead of thinking like an indie dev where it's like, where can I cut corners? Is this totally necessary? What do we need? Now it's more like, okay, what, what do we want to do? Okay. Yeah. Let's go do all of that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I, I actually like one of the conversations I had with the team shortly after funding, I had everybody go through and list like, what are the three things that if you could snap your fingers and add to the game, those are the three things you would do. Like it can be as ridiculous as mm -hmm. possible. And a lot of those ideas are things that like, we were just thinking too small before. And now it's like, okay, yeah, let's go do that. Like, what do we need to go do that? Okay. Well, that means we need this many engineers. We need this many artists. We need this technical artist, this animator, like all of those pieces, you know, we're hiring, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and what are some of those things? I mean, it's uh, literally everything. I mean, we need, we're, right now we're five engineers. We want to get to 30. And the reason we get to 30 is we have three major, major projects we want to work on, all of which exist within the Splitgate universe. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we want basically three teams of 10. So we want 10 people dedicated working on the existing Splitgate and just improving it, polishing it, everything. Is there and anything you can, you can share here? Uh, a little, no. <laughs> a little teaser? No, nothing? No, not really. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, we haven't even started on these oh, other okay. two things. It's more just like we've got pretty big ideas that are in the Splitgate universe, but, you know, very different that we've, we've wanted to do for a while that we want to do. You know, so that, that's the way we're thinking. We want to get 30 engineers. Mm -hmm. like, we don't want to, you know, just force that if, if they're not great people, but like, uh, and that's the balance, right? Is, you know, there's just, I mean, there's the balance of like, how much do we focus on just pumping out more content today with our team of five engineers, right? Versus like, you know, focusing on the long term. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really what this funding has allowed us to do is like take a step back and focus on the bigger picture and like, you know, try to think of like, what does version 1.0 look like to us now? It's very different than what it looked like two months ago. Yeah. And how do we get there? And when we do get there, like, let's make sure that we have, you know, the entire team is ready to hit the ground running and, you know, get on that treadmill. Cause that's the, that's the hardest part of being an indie team, right? Is you have all these players who come from Fortnite and Apex where they just have a ridiculous amount of content. Mm -hmm. And we were able to kind of sprint our way to keep up with that for two months, but it was like two months of just nonstop sprinting 24 seven, you know, pushing out buggy code that's not well tested <laughs> just to kind of ride the wave and keep it going. But we didn't make progress on the long-term vision. And so, you know, we didn't want, I mean, it was great. It was totally awesome, but we didn't want that 
to take away from kind of the long-term goal of where we want to be a year from now. So that's, that's how our mentality has really changed. And do you feel any pressure now to maintain this success and, and momentum? Yes and no. I mean, you definitely, you know, like, I mean, yeah, you, yeah, I feel the pressure for sure. I mean, I try not to, I try to focus on the big picture mm-hmm. because like I said, I just feel like we haven't made progress towards the big picture over the last few months because it's just been everybody sprinting in their own direction. And right now it's much more like, how do we build this team to get ready for scale and build out all the features so that when we do launch, this game is, is you know, almost unrecognizable in mm-hmm. terms of just the polish and the quality and the amount of content. And so, you know, looking forward the next few months, you know, there is some competition coming, right? So there is this game called Halo, you know, that is launching yep. another title. There's going to be another Call of Duty title. So how do you think about, one, are you nervous about <laughs> the competition? Two, how do you think about competing, you know, when you're up against, you know, companies that have, you know, basically infinite budgets, right? I know yeah. you're much better capitalized than before, right? But these these guys have massive, massive backers. So how do you think about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm not nervous. I mean, I know that we're, it's going to take a, I mean, obviously, right? Halo and, and Call of Duty come out, like they're going to take a dent out mm-hmm. of us. But I think it's temporary. I mean, I think players these days, they bounce around from all sorts of games. I mean, this is something that, you know, we've talked with some marketing people about, and it's it's significantly easier to get someone to reinstall a game than it is to get someone to install a game mm-hmm. for the first time. So the way we're looking at it is like, we've had 15 million downloads now, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't even, I mean, this was like 99% organic. And when we do launch, which will be after all of these games, you know, we've got a much bigger budget. I think what I'll say about Halo in particular, I actually think that's going to help us in the long run. I think that, you know, we need more players to get exposure to this genre. There's so many kids, like the masses, they didn't grow up playing Halo 2. You know, some people did, right? But the masses grew up playing Fortnite, Mm -hmm. right? Which is crazy. Um, Or Call of Duty, maybe. So I think, you know, getting these people who, many of which have never even played Halo, to play a game like Halo Infinite, I mean, Mm -hmm. I think it's it's only going to help us in the long run. You know, as great as Splitgate is, or, or as great as Halo might be, neither of which is going to be able to elevate the genre single-handedly. Mm-hmm. I see, you know, I, I see Halo and, and Splitgate having a very similar path to, you know, what PUBG and Fortnite did together, which is, you know, competition elevates, you know, you don't, I mean, we, we don't want five different Halo games and all sorts of competition, right, but right. like having two games, it gets people talking, it gets people comparing, it gets people, I mean, ultimately most people are going to play both. And that's good for us. Mm-hmm. And so recently on Twitter, you know, there's also a tweet that you guys are going to have Forge Mode, uh, which for those who don't know, it's basically the ability to create your own uh, maps and game types. You're going to have that before Halo. What was the thinking <laughs> behind this announcement? I'm assuming part of it was just taking a jab at, you know, the, the big... Well, that was just our social media guy being yeah. the memer that mm-hmm. he is. I don't think, I mean, it wasn't meant to be a jab. It was more just like, and actually he he ran it by me and I was the one who was like, <laughs> please add this in parens saying, you know, because we don't, I mean, it's fun in games, right? We yeah, love yeah. Halo. We're yeah. going to play Halo also, but uh, we also, you know, we like to, we like to joke around <laughs> and, um, you know, KFC and, and has been tweeting at us a bunch. So we, we play along. So, you know, yeah. they tweeted, I think KFC tweeted, alienate an entire fan base with one <laughs> sentence. 
so we're like well we could do that you know and we can do it in a kind of a fun way right yeah so that was the extent of our thinking it was not meant to be a jab just kind Got of it. like a subtle jab <laughs> okay and then so following up you know one on the forge mode but also you know for those who haven't played you know splitgate has a very robust sort of customization and cosmetic system built in i would say much more so than a lot of competitors in this space and so and you know obviously nfts are like super super hot right now is that something yeah. that you're thinking about yeah we're thinking about it i mean we haven't put much thought into it beyond like, yeah, this, this makes sense. And it would be cool. I just haven't had time to really dive in. I don't want to get distracted yet. Sure. So I think, you know, at some point we, we want to do it, but you know, we don't want to dedicate resources to it if it takes away from the game. So it's more like, okay, we need to hire 30 engineers. Mm -hmm. And if we can <laughs> hire 30, maybe one of them can focus on NFTs sure. and, you know, and then, and then we can absolutely go do that. Makes sense. So when you think of sort of the spectrum of like, the most casual games to like the most sort of competitive hardcore games. Yeah. Where does Splitgate fit on that spectrum, right? Because when you look at games like Fortnite, I think part of its appeal to most people, not myself personally, was that, yep. you know, it is a bit more casual, you know, a bit more cartoony in its graphics, those sorts of things. So where do you see Splitgate? I think, it, I think it's pretty similar to a Fortnite or a Rocket League. Um, maybe a tad more hardcore, mm -hmm. but you know, our, our art is obviously a little bit more hardcore. It's kind of halfway between, you know, it's not as hardcore as, as call of duty, you know, call, call of duty is very mm -hmm. grim. Ours is very colorful, but not quite so cartoony. Um, I do think though, you know, there's a lot of parallels with Splitgate and Fortnite where you have this game that in terms of just shooting and playing and having fun, it's very, very simple and easy to pick up, mm -hmm. you know, in Fortnite's case, it's got the building in Splitgate's case, it's got the portals, but both games do not require you to, to learn these skills, to have mm -hmm. fun. You can play Splitgate, turn your brain off, shoot <laughs> stuff, have a good time, never use the portals once and just sort of play it like it's Halo and you, and you'll have a blast because it's, it's, you know, everything is very simple. There's not a ton of perks and abilities and classes to mm -hmm. learn. Um, same thing with Fortnite, right? You know, there's not a ton to learn. There's just, in both cases, there's this one mechanic that allows you to have that infinitely high skill ceiling where you've got the low barrier to entry, anybody can play it, but if you want to truly master it, it takes thousands of hours. So that's kind of where I would put it. Same thing with Rocket League, you know, super, super simple game, but extremely high skill ceiling. You can yeah. play it like it's soccer with cars, <laughs> or you can play it like it's Quidditch with cars, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, just sort of to wrap up here, you know, you've had a ton of success so far, you know, especially given, you know, the sort of recent explosion, but looking forward, you know, where do you go from here? Have you thought about how, what does an exit look like? Do you sell yeah. this business? You know, do you IPO? And then just generally, what do you want to accomplish uh, going forward? I think in general, I mean, this is years away, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what I'll say is we're not looking to sell this this business anytime soon. And most likely, you know, my goal is to IPO eventually. Mm -hmm. um, I just think, I don't know, we want to, we want to own the business, right? We want to continue to operate and be the next big thing. We don't, we don't want to have an early exit. Where do we go from here? I mean, I think, you know, right now, the next six months, it's all in on Splitgate, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about continuing to support that hiring people getting ready for launch. I think at that point, when we do launch, we want Splitgate to be 
just have significantly more content and really, I mean, it's going to be unrecognizable how good looking mm -hmm. it's going to be. We want to come to more platforms. You know, we want to come to Switch eventually. We want to come to mobile, Google Stadia, Epic Game Store, like all of these different platforms. Like we want to be on everything. We want to be on Apple, right? On Mac. <laughs> but I think in the long term, you know, Splitgate has a lot left to do. You know, we've talked about it being 25% done. Even after we launch, like there's still a lot more we want to do with Splitgate for the next few years and hopefully well beyond that. But there's also two other game ideas that I have that are totally unrelated to Splitgate, have nothing, you know, nothing to do with portals. I'd like to do that at some point. But yeah, ultimately, I mean, our, our big vision here is, you know, we want to be a multi-game studio with multiple hits across multiple genres on multiple platforms. Mm -hmm. You know, we want to be on everything. And there's a lot of different game ideas that we want to pursue that we think could be really big. So we are many years away from, from looking for an, ex an exit of any sort because there are many more games that we want to pursue at some point. I don't know if it'll be something we start on in two years or in 10 years. That's where we'd like to be. And I, I have to ask you this. Yeah. Is there going to be a split gate battle royale? <laughs> Probably not. You know, we've had people ask us that. I used to say no outright. Mm -hmm. I don't say no outright anymore just because, like, I do think in terms of resources, like, we could absolutely do it. My viewpoint, though, is, like, I, I don't want to do a battle royale unless it's actually something that I think is unique. Mm -hmm. And I don't think just taking, you know, FPS with portals and saying, okay, now we're going to have a battle royale <laughs> where you drop in and yeah. you pick up guns and you can also portal... <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Yeah. The only scenario where I would consider a battle royale would be if we truly came up with something that was different. So, which I haven't come up with yet. So, don't get your hopes up. I'm not even thinking about that. So, I don't think any, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I even had this conversation on stream recently. Yeah. And there were articles that came out of it saying, like, <laughs> oh, Splitgate says a battle royale could be possible. It's like, well, yeah, that's not really article worthy. Yeah. Like, but yeah, I mean, the, the short answer is, you know, don't get your hopes up, sure. but I never say never is kind of my, my main takeaway on that. Got what it. do you think? Should we do one? <laughs> so, okay. This like might not be a very popular answer. I think battle Royale from a business standpoint, what it's done to the game industry has been incredible from the standpoint of a gamer, which is where I like to <laughs> look at some of these things. I'm not a fan of the battle Royale genre at all. Yeah. I think I'm not either. And that's the other thing I'll say is like, I would only make a battle royale if it was actually something that I wanted to play. Yeah. And I enjoyed PUBG when it came out because it was new and mm -hmm. cool. That is the first <laughs> and last battle royale I've personally enjoyed. Yeah. I do not enjoy, I mean, I can appreciate it, but I've never, never got into Apex, never mm -hmm. got into COD, never got into uh, Fortnite. I've played yeah. all of them, but I've probably only played I've probably played like two hours of Fortnite and yeah. maybe three hours of Apex and one hour of Warzone. <laughs> and that was enough where I was like, I don't have any interest in this. So I would have to come up with something that it was like, okay, yeah, I actually, I, as an arena shooter fan myself, yeah, I enjoy this. So it'd have to be something like that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in a very similar boat. <laughs> My battle royale experience, you know, definitely under 10 hours uh, altogether. Yeah. But yeah, you know, Ian, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me, And on all of the success, you know, and I, I look forward to seeing where you take this thing. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Chris.